hello and welcome to Cannon and Cockrell. My name is Michael and I'm a Spurs fan. And I'm Jason and I'm an Arsenal fan. And Premier League football is about to come back once again. The 17th of June is the provisional start date and Arsenal versus Manchester City will be one of our very first games back. Jason, are you excited for Premier League football to return and what is the, the feeling from the Arsenal point of view? Do you think this enforced break will have helped or hindered your season? And how does it feel to be one of the first matches back? Well, I was going to say, after seeing that fixture list uh, and the first fixture back, I think I want to cancel the season again. Uh, <laughs> null and void, everyone. Null and void. Um, it feels like a bit like that meme from The Office where uh, Steve Carell's going, it's happening, everyone. Everyone, calm down. Um I think from an Arsenal point of view, it's been a welcome break. You know, Mikel Arteta came in around Christmas. He's our third manager this season. Um, and it's, it's been a poor season for Arsenal um, across the board, really, apart from maybe the FA Cup. You know, we have a chance as well. Um, so it's been nice for, I think, you know, unfortunately, Arteta had the virus, which is very sad, but also uh, amazing. He recovered very quickly and he seems to, you know, he's been saying all the right things in the interviews online as well. He's saying he's he's had time to Zoom with every single player, one by one, talk about not just their, their footballing ambitions, but them as people, their family situations, their their motivations. And that, you know, it has a quite a psychological basis as well. He, um, I think he connects to these guys. He's an ex-footballer. He's still so young. He's played with some of these boys before. Um, and he knows... Um, on the most part, how they work and, and, and what gets them out of bed in the morning. So I think it's been really important for him to get to know everyone and build those trusting relationships. Um, and at the same time, to to think about his ideas. You know, he's now had a bit of time. He knows what everyone's squads are now. Um, he's played against some of these teams before with City this year. And he's already done that legwork. He's done that preparation. Um, so you think tactically, um, he'd get it spot on. He knows the players more or less who he has at his disposal. He's, uh, he's had a couple of issues, kind of, you know, contract talks and, and a couple of outspoken players. But to have a full squad, pretty much, apart from, I think, Callum Chambers to to work with, um, there, there are no... I think it takes the pressure off him. And at the same time, there's a bit more pressure in the fact that there's no excuses now. They, they've had the, He's had the time to think about his ideas. Um, he's got a full pit, uh, squad to choose from. But I guess he gets that leeway in, in the fact of being able to say, OK, I don't know what they're going to look like in practice, really. I'm going to get three weeks of training now, but who knows what's going to happen on the pitch. Um, and he might not have the personnel he needs. And we, we spoke about it offline before. You know, David Louise looks set to leave, but William Saliba looks set to um, uh, uh, come back after his loan from Saint-Étienne. Um, we signed him last summer, I believe. So you know out with the old and in with the new there's there, there's excitement around the arsenal camp that we don't really it sounds bad we don't not care but we certainly aren't putting too much value on what happens this season whether we finish well if we finish in top five and we get champions league football it'd be amazing don't get me wrong it'd be unbelievable um but between finishing sixth and getting the europa league and finishing 10th doesn't really matter because for us what it's about right now is getting the feel good factor back um certainly getting the playing style back um getting a bit of team spirit back i think it probably works to the advantage of the players not having fans at the moment because there was such a toxic atmosphere around the fans and the players so they'll have that kind of blank canvas to to 
to work without having that that really clear um, visual and, and auditory um, presence uh, in a negative capacity. Um, the FA Cup's still up for grabs. Listen, beat Sheffield United away, which would be hard, but we don't know how they're going to come back. And then, although you have big clubs in the in the in the competition, you don't know how they'll cope with the fixtures, and uh, especially the ones that may be in Europe. And so that there's there's excitement around the club, I think. But yeah, it's really about let's see what happens at the end of the season. Think about game by game. Um, but most importantly for me, it's about making sure that we we've gone through every player every scenario we can and say okay this is what where we're at this is what we need to do in whatever off season we have transfer wise and tactically and fitness wise and then uh we take it from whenever the new season will start um and kind of reverse to you you know spurs i mean i spurs have broken lockdown a few times in terms of the news they've been in the news for some bad reasons um jose's been helping out with the community which has been lovely it's nice of him to to um you know leverage uh, public relations methods at this time um especially due to his reputation uh, that we've spoken about before but um how, how are you feeling about it i think you're you're kind of apart from the cup competitions you're in a similar position to us in terms of um league form um and potential uh outputs what's uh, what are your ambitions for the rest of the um, season, however long it may be right now? Well, on paper, we should be one of the teams who have benefited most from this break because of the players who've returned from injury. Uh, Harry Kane, Shungman Son, uh, Musa Sissoko, uh, Stephen Bergwijn. We have something approaching a fully fit squad for the first time in a long time, since probably last summer. And when you look at what our form was like before the season finished, we'd been knocked out of the FA Cup uh, by Norwich. We'd been knocked out of the Champions League by RB Leipzig. We were really struggling and, and just had nothing um, up front. We were kind of playing Lucas Moura and Deli Ali as strikers, but we're really struggling without Kane and Son and, and Bergwijn. And it looked like the season was really going to um, have a very disappointing end to it and Man United was our was our next fixture fixture that would be our, our first fixture back an interesting parallel you're playing Manchester City playing Manchester United and I had no confidence going into that game whatsoever because of the great form that they were on they had all the momentum whereas we we had none of the momentum and were on a terrible run of form and, and were struggling just to put 11 players out on the pitch so to have that that break to you know clear our minds to get these players back to fitness obviously they might not be fully matched up but everybody will be in the same boat in that regard and i'll be going into that man united game now with a lot more optimism than i would have done otherwise and okay we might just pick up where we left off in terms of results or performances but at least in terms of the players who are available to us we've got more of a chance than we did when the season was stopped and potentially it could have huge ramifications for Jose Mourinho's Tottenham career. If, if, if the season had kept on going the way it was before it stopped, it could have really hindered his ability to create a positive atmosphere about his appointment and, and his time at the club. And even though the, the more sensible of us were saying that you need to give him time, you need to give him a summer, you need to give him a preseason. If we had ended up finishing around where we were when he took over, and there'd been that negativity around the club, then it, it would have made it difficult, I think, for him to stamp his authority on the team over the summer and to make us an appealing prospect for other players to join over the transfer window. But now, like with Arteta, like you said, he's had that time to have that pre-season, to have that time to 
develop his ideas uh, a little bit more in, in that time with the players. And I think Arsenal and Tottenham will be two of the more interesting teams to look at in terms of how they've come back because we both had new managers come in partway through the season who hadn't had a pre-season to, to work with their squad and just had to go game to game. So I think it'll be interesting to see how, how both of us come back and how successful Arteta and Mourinho have been at, at using this time to have the, the pre-season that they didn't get. And hopefully we'll be able to, to use this, um, this break and, and these uh, returning players to mount a late push for the Champions League, particularly if fifth does end up being a Champions League spot if, if Manchester City's ban isn't overturned then it's still all to play for. We're not that far off um, the top five, particularly if we beat United in our first game back. Uh, we've got some huge matches coming up as well, including a North London derby behind closed doors, which will be absolutely fascinating, I think, for that reason to see, well, first of all, just uh, a derby behind closed doors. I think it must be the first time a Spurs-Arsenal game has been been played that way. And to see Mourinho versus Arteta, which I think will be a very interesting tactical battle, potentially for the years to come, but to see who has been the more successful at using this time to, as I said, get the preseason they never had. So I think at Spurs, there's probably some optimism that this break might have saved our season in a way. It's halted that momentum. Sport is so much about momentum. Man United had all of the momentum. They were on a great run of form. We had none of it. We were on a terrible run of form. But now there's potential that everything might have changed and, and that could have a ripple effect up and down the league. Many clubs now could be coming back in a very different state of mind to where they were before, um, which could have, I mean, it won't have an effect at the top of the table. Liverpool, of course, are going to win the title. But for the rest of the league, in terms of relegation and European spots, it, it could we could end up with a completely different table to the one we would have had had the season um, continued the way it was going. And I think for Arsenal as well, that's got to give you optimism about mounting that push for, for the Champions League. But I wonder actually whether we'll benefit from not still being in cup competitions. As disappointed I am to be out of the FA Cup in the Champions League, having nothing but league matches with now a fully fit squad, I think gives us the perfect conditions to mount that push. But potentially with Arsenal, do you think you might get a little bit distracted and Arteta might see winning the FA Cup as a chance, as a, as a bigger possibility than than reaching a, a European qualification through the league? And do you worry about maybe in prioritising one over the other, you, you end up with neither of them? I think because of the nature of what's happened and player fitness is going to be in the spotlight, there's going to be rotation regardless. So I think th- potentially three extra games won't be a huge problem for us. That's that's my That's my gut feeling. In terms of in terms of actual physical load, probably not. In terms of mental mode and maybe distractions, on a management side, maybe. But I'm not sure how, how these players work. I don't think, you know, some of these players who haven't grown up with the FA Cup um, are really that they don't have that affinity with it. I think they'll just see it until they get to a final, potentially, as another game or until they get to a semi-final at Wembley, potentially. So, um, no, I don't think I don't think there's competing priorities in, in that sense that would have a detrimental effect on the season. I think at this stage, um, especially with the kind of um, break they've had from playing week in, week out, I think we'll be okay. But um, it's interesting what you say. I was thinking about the North London derby because usually, I mean, it's lost its edge in terms of competitiveness and kind of the relations between the players because that rivalry, it hasn't quite been there. You know, we're not level pegging. You know, Spurs have been a little bit ahead of Arsenal in recent years, we could admit that. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see without fans whether um, you see any sort of friction or conflict because you kind of want to see the players have a little bit of back and forth and 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 hear them through the microphones without the crowd noise. Um, you know, be, be up for the match and see how much they really care about about each other at the moment. But um, yeah, on an overall level, I think um, I, I'm not sure how fired up we're going to be, but I think we're going to be relaxed. And I think for Arsenal, that's the best for them. I think they need that state. You know, I always used to say Arsenal play well at three o'clock on a sunny day um, when everyone's positive. We're those kind of fair wear players, uh, fair weather players and, uh, and team. Um, and, you know, it's summer now. Um, there won't be the pressure of a lot of the fans and that negativity. Um, so it could really work in our favour. And of course, at, at the Emirates, they're used to, to playing to a silent crowd as well. So <laughs> yeah. It won't feel that much different for them. I mean, I, I have nothing to add on that, to be honest. And um, I mean, obviously, we, we have no idea when the transfer window will open and obviously what, what form it will take. Clubs won't be spending that much money. I read, I think it was in the Telegraph, where they said that neither Arsenal nor Spurs plan to spend any money when the transfer window opens. It'll purely be a case of anything they spend will be if they're able to sell people, but otherwise it's it's loans, it's swap deals, it's free agents. And both of us have been linked quite heavily to William at Chelsea and Ryan Fraser at Bournemouth as, as two free agents. I've seen both of our clubs linked with a lot. How do you feel about those two players, first of all? Would you be happy with either of them as, as an Arsenal signing? And do you think that a summer without spending, without being able to bring in recruits, would be a good or a bad thing for Arsenal in terms of your long-term development under Mikel Arteta? Um, on the first point, in terms of Willian and Fraser, I think Williams Willian's a great player, but I don't know how long he has left. If it was just for a year, again, a bit like David Louise, to have someone... Uh, with a bit of experience around the place, won't have problems settling in, certainly to the City um, and the Premier League, maybe in the in the team. Um, I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, Ryan Fraser, I've watched him a couple of times. He looks dangerous. Again, another good you know player at the, probably the peak time of his career who should take a step up. Um, I think it depends on who leaves the club, really. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it depends on on what happens with certain contract situations. And I, th- I think in terms of spending this summer on, or lack of spending, it depends on when other, if other clubs do. If if City, United, Liverpool and suddenly Newcastle get taken over and they start spending, then it's it's a real problem. But if it's a level pegging field, I do believe that um, Arteta is starting to bring through his youth players and he'll start to bring in he'll 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 bring in loanies and maybe young players and bring them through the ranks a bit um and i think that wouldn't be a problem at all but it would actually be in our advantage because we have a coach um predominantly over over a manager with, who works with big ego big egos um but i think everything depends on how many players leave you know if david louise leaves um i'd be surprised if a keeper left but you never know whether martinez wants uh once more at this stage. Um, Kolasinac, you know, after um, his issues in the country at the moment, security-wise, um, understandably, with what happened with him and Meza Ozil, with Tierney coming back, Saka excelling in the role. Um, Torreira's been out of sorts. Guendouzi, there have been uh, reports of attitude problems. Shaka, obviously, has issues with the fans. Um, 
Ceballos' loan might be running out and obviously Aubameyang and Lacazette's contract situations and uh, not being in Champions League. So there's, there's so much up for grabs, but also the virus and the restrictions it's had on travel and everything like that, people might not find it's the right time to move. So it's completely up in the air, which is exciting in a way, but also uh, probably ties our hands a little bit. But I think if, um, I think in a way, if we can build upon what we had um, and at the end of the day, you want a settled squad. I remember the United teams of old, you look at all the videos and you see constants. You know, Ryan Giggs is an, is an amazing exception. The Carricks of the world, the Skullses, they're always there. doesn't matter how good they are, the O'Sheas, they're always in that squad year on year and they know what it is to be Man United, or they did. Um, that's what I think we need to build at Arsenal rather than this kind of um, high turnover environment we've seen in recent years. Um, so, yeah, I think Arteta, Arteta's got a job in his hands. Whether or not the transfers are even in his remit, I don't know. I'd like to think that he... He requested full control or, or most of the, the sign-off um, uh, when he joined the club. Um, but but I, I think we're going to have to wait and see what uh, what happens to the transfer window as a whole, how long it goes on for, um, contract situations, etc. as well, and what money is, is there. You know, do you, Can you really furlough all your staff and then suddenly say, right, we're going to spend £50 million on a player? Probably, I mean, no. Um after spending £72 million pounds on Pepe, who hasn't shown us uh, a penny of that um, in return yet. So, so interesting times. And I guess looking from my side as an Arsenal fan to the Spurs side, um, a striker's been in the pipeline for a long time. You seem to have a lot of these quick attacking midfielders, but really it's it's Harry Kane and, uh, and Troy Parrott who's been stuck with appendicitis. So, you know, I think probably striker-wise you'll need to improve. Defenders, if one of them leaves for Tongan Old of Ireland, then back to, uh, if Sanchez isn't up for the job, then you're going to have to improve there. Um, I don't know about you. What, what's your thoughts? The goalkeeper, is Luis good enough anymore for the, for the title charge, if that's where your ambitions are? I think, for me, the priorities are a right-back and a defensive midfielder. But I think the market being what it will be, is going to make it very hard for us to to plug those gaps. And I wonder whether players like Oliver Skitt, for example, who was starting to break into the team before the season stopped, or Tanganga and other youth prospects might force Mourinho to, well, not put his money where his mouth is, but put his team selections where his mouth is in terms of what he said about giving young players a go when he first got the, the job at Tottenham. And I think he'll have to be very clever and careful about how he does the, the, the players that he does pick how he does set the team up and the targets that he goes for I mean in the, the right back position we've been linked to Thomas Munier from PSG who might be available for as a free agent defense midfield we've been linked to Hoiberg from Southampton who I think would be a great signing maybe we could use Kyle Walker-Peters who is on loan there in some sort of swap deal for him but then in doing so in, in plugging that gap in defense midfield if we did do it by offering Kyle Walker-Peters then we get rid of some strength and depth at right back, which is another position where we need to strengthen. So I think it's going to be tricky for us to to build the team that Mourinho would have wanted to when he first came in. I think he probably would have been looking at this summer as a big transfer window for him to bring in some new players and, and particularly uh, transform that defence. And now he's going to have to, to adapt and, and modify his approach because that money is not going to be there. And it might be a case that he has to make the best out of what he's left with, maybe... Uh, 
using Dire more at centre back if Vertonghen goes, keeping uh, the patience with Tanganga, trying to get the best out of Sanchez. Um, and maybe even if we can't get Hoyerberg, Kyle Walker Peters offering some competition for Serge Aurier at right back. Um, attack, I think, is it is definitely somewhere where we need another body up there. But given that we've got Lucas Moura and Son and Bergwijn and Deli Alley, I think because, because we've got so many attacking midfield players, it, it, it hasn't been as much of a pressing, urgent matter as perhaps it, it should have always been, finding some competition for Harry Kane. But I think that as well will be an issue, particularly as he does get these long-term injuries every season now. But I think the problem for Tottenham was we needed... As you said, an attacker, probably new fullbacks, new defence midfielder. And that's a lot of gaps to fill when you're in a market where you're probably not going to be able to spend any money. So I think it will definitely affect us more than it will affect you in terms of um, the long term building of the squad. Because I think your your youth prospects are, are coming through more promisingly than ours at the moment. And you have a manager, as you said, in Arteta, who is more geared towards getting the best out of them rather than someone like Mourinho, who probably does want more experienced proven players in there so as much as this enforced break might have helped the Mourinho project in terms of halting that negative momentum and giving him a chance to finish this season more strongly in the long term it, it might hinder it by forcing by stopping him from bringing in the players who he might otherwise have wanted to to bring in and, and mean that he's he's not able to have as good a second season as perhaps he he would have wanted to but so much of this is is speculation at the moment and, and only time will tell how this season finishes and, and what the football landscape will, will look like in the future. And I'm sure there'll be lots of talk looking back retrospectively once this is all over about who it benefited the most and and who it didn't and whether we'll see a complete change in the football landscape or whether things will just reassert themselves and we'll go back to the way things were. The Newcastle potential Newcastle takeover, as you mentioned, could shake things up once again the way the, the Chelsea and Manchester City takeovers did before that. So... I suppose it's just the case of waiting and seeing. I'm certainly looking forward, though, to the, the first day of Premier League football being Arsenal getting thrashed by Man City. That would be a very nice way for football to return. I think it's just exciting and uh, at the moment. And uh, we don't know what the details really will look like, what the fixture pile-up will look like in terms of structure, really. But we kind of know if the FA Cup final that they're earmarking for August, then it's going to be a, a month of football bonanza, which is fantastic for fans might not be great for the squads. Um, you know, I was thinking even clubs like Sheffield United, who were doing so well with that momentum you talk about, are going to be really disappointed if they miss out. Because arguably, you could, you could say that they might have really been able to sneak a charge for top uh, five, top four, if, if things hadn't changed. But this is the landscape we live in. And I think uh, things will start to become clearer every day now until that time. And, and I, for one, are counting down... Uh, probably about uh, 17 days and two hours from now.